0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. So good to see each of you in the house of the Lord. We have some very, very special guests with us tonight. Sister Ellingson and her family are around here somewhere. I saw them before service. There she is so glad to have her with us. Children are over by the youth. Good to have you with us. And uh, the Sanders have been united. Hallelujah. Sister Sanders, Jordan, and Brooklyn are with them. And uh, boy, did we have a great service on Sunday with Brother Sanders. Amen. What an awesome, awesome service. what I I never get jealous of people that can preach and teach better than I can and uh, I want you to have the finest preaching and teaching that we can bring to abundant life because it's only gonna make us better make us stronger make us more useful in the kingdom amen so brother Sanders has graciously uh, said that he would come and minister to us tonight Brother Sanders, come and take your liberty. We love you and your family and your ministry. Speak the word to us tonight in Jesus' name.
1: Are you blessed? Do you love Jesus? Do you love your pastor and his family? Show them one more time. I do want to say thank you to uh, this church and uh, for the kindness you have shown me on Sunday. I felt very welcome and um, I'm sorry if I was an eternal preacher. Uh, somebody got that real good over there <laughs> and uh, but um, I do want to say thank you to your pastor because we are united again because of him. Amen. And it's good to see my wife and my girls and uh, to be with them. That is a blessing. And I'm blessed to have my family with me tonight. I am missing one, but there's no way she could be here. Amen. She's on the other side of the world, right? well, California. She's in the left coast. amen but uh, it's a blessing to be here and tonight uh, my wife is going to greet you and and, uh, they're going to sing and then I believe God is going to motivate us tonight how many of you want to do something for God you really want to do something for God amen God bless you you may be seated sister Sanders
2: aloha oh. we come from the land of sunshine <laughs> no winter coats as you can see we had to buy winter coats today and my daughter still not taking her winter coat off <laughs> i told the girls we had to walk i don't know um just a little piece up the road today and um, some place we were going and i said you know when i walk outside my legs turn to wood it's so cold they said i know it i know it <laughs> i finally figured out that the blood in our veins is just freezing solid and it's just a little bit harder to walk <laughs> i promise you when you it is 60 degrees in hawaii you will see people with fur coats no lie <laughs> we are all wimps when it comes to the cold but what a beautiful place what a beautiful state And above all, to come into the warm presence of Jesus Christ in this place. Amen. I appreciate brother and sister Kylie and their kindness to my husband. And don't let him fool you. He's very long-winded at home too. (laughs) The guys tease him and say, Pastor, when you say I'm closing, we got a clock, 20 minutes right there. If you just start your messages with I'm closing, then we'll be good, (laughs) Pastor. But I appreciate coming to a place where um, people just have a heart to worship the Lord, and um, so appreciate this praise team. And I appreciate people that are okay for God to get the glory, and it's just all about lifting Him up. Amen. As you can imagine, Hawaii is a great big melting pot. Um, my husband, my father, was born and raised in Hawaii. He's Filipino, and um, so uh, there's just every nationality. And in our church, we have. Oh, Malaysian, Indonesian. We have Filipinos and Chinese and Japanese and Tongans and Hawaiians and Africans. Every once in a while, we let a few Caucasians come in so the pastor doesn't feel lonely. But uh, (laughs) I love that God speaks every language. And I love that number one language that he speaks is the language of your heart. So sometimes you're just crying and you don't have the words to say because your heart is breaking. Or you just say, Oh God, or Oh me, or Where are you? He knows that language. So this song is in a few different languages, and it says, Holy is the Lord.
1: have a Bible anybody carry a pocket knife somebody got a pocket knife I just see your pocket knife would you bring it to me thank you is that sharp stay ready a nice knife. You like that? Would you like to see my knife? Would you like to see my pocket knife? Everybody needs to carry a pocket knife. How many of you want to do something for God? I, in three, the first three years we were in Honolulu, I taught over 500 Bible studies in one Starbucks. Now, how many of you believe coffee is the will of God? I say you can't go to heaven if you don't drink coffee. Amen. And so grab your Bible. Sister Evangelani, which someday you'll have a chance to meet. She's a great evangelist. She preached at our church a Bible revival. And we need a Bible revival. It said, we need a Bible revival. I taught over 500 Bible studies in those three years. And something very interesting happened. All of a sudden, an iPhone came out. And and what's so cool about the iPhone is you got a Bible on it. But, you know, and then the iPad came out. And what's so cool about that, it's bigger and you got a Bible on it. But you know what I found? I didn't teach as many Bible studies because people didn't know if I was reading my Bible or playing Angry Birds. And I never ever played, I don't even know what it looks like. I was in, a, in St. Louis and I saw what I thought was a Cardinals shirt. And I said, man, my daughter Alexis, she'd like that. Jordan said, dad, that's Angry Birds. Well, them cardinals might be angry. You never know. Amen. If you would turn with me uh, to the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter of Matthew. Now, I'll begin reading with verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest. Everybody say, pray ye. That he will send forth labors into his harvest. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you will touch us with your presence, touch us with your word, move us tonight with the message that you have given to us. In the name that is above every name, We will not only be hearers, but we will be doers and we will respond to your word in Jesus' name. Turn to two people and tell them I'm glad Brother Sanders is preaching tonight. And you may be seated. just briefly want to discuss the portion of scripture and then i'm just going to talk to you kind of from my heart about uh about reaching the lost Um, let's look at this scripture for just a moment Uh, up to this point there was one in the world that was preaching the gospel of the kingdom his name was jesus Up to this point, there was one that was going throughout all the cities, healing all manner of sickness and disease. His name was Jesus. To this point, there was nobody else that was was preaching this gospel of the kingdom. It was one to reach the entire world. Have you ever felt like it was impossible for us to do the job? that we, the task that's set before us. When you look at the world and you look at the number that is in the apostolic church, it looks almost impossible, amen? But you stop and look at what Jesus did. He was one, and then all of a sudden, he began to move on his disciples. You see, he was ministering because he was moved with compassion, he was ministering because when he saw the multitudes, there was something that moved him uh, to a place where he had to give life to people. Now, oftentimes people look at this scripture when it says he, he was moved with compassion on them and they talk about the bowels of compassion. And they will tell you that it, it, it refers to the bowels, but I wanna talk to you about this word compassion. It's not just the bowels. Amen. It's actually the spleen and life-giving organs. When Jesus was moved with compassion, he was moved uh, what would be actually considered in the spleen and the life-giving organs. Now, whether that happened to him physically, that is the Greek word that it's referring to. And, and, And so... Uh, when when he was moved with compassion, he was moved to give life to someone. He was moved to and life, a major portion of the blood is produced right there in your spleen. Amen. And so uh, Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved in in life giving organs. Amen. There's something about having. Uh, 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 a a an experience of compassion in your life and when he when he saw that and he was moved like that he looked to the 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 men that were following him, those that he had chosen, that had never preached the gospel, that had never spoken uh, 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 the gospel of the kingdom. They had never laid their hands on someone and then uh, uh, received their sight. They had not experienced that as of yet, but then... When Jesus was moved with compassion, he said, this task has got to be met. This challenge has got to be accomplished. We have got to do this. And so he looked at them and he said, pray ye. And I've heard many messages on prayer. And, and, and I think I mentioned, do you ever felt like your prayer was insufficient? And I talked about my uncle Jimmy getting old. God, right? Amen. Anybody remember uncle Jimmy? Amen. And, and we feel like our prayer is a, a bit insufficient. And in and, and, and reality, I sometimes think we don't really realize what prayer is. I got to looking at this word prayer in the scripture. And it's much more than just talking to God. When he sent them away to pray, that word pray there, he, he actually is saying, attach yourself or nail yourself to your words. He said, "Pray ye, or nail yourself to the words in your communication to God." You see, sometimes we don't pursue, we we, uh, we don't uh, feel like we are accomplishing things in prayer because we've not really nailed ourselves to our prayer. Somebody will call and say, "Will you pray for me?" Yeah, in Jesus' name, Lord, touch him right now, and then we go our way and we um, we forget about it. We pray for uh, our lost neighbor and we go our way and we forget about it. Amen. We may be moved for a a season and and, and moved even in intercession, but it's more than just praying and an intercessory prayer. It is attaching yourself to the words that you spoke to God. You want your children to be saved, so what are you going to do? You're going to attach yourself to the words, whatever it takes. I'll give you an example of, of, of prayer like this. Jesus prayed and he said, sanctify them speaking of his disciples and us, through thy truth. Amen? Thy word is truth. Now, when he prayed sanctify them, he attached himself to the words of sanctification to the point where he nailed himself to a tree for our sanctification. He was attached. He was committed to his prayer. And uh, it was more than just, God, you do the work. But it was, God, whatever it takes, you, you save the lost. Send me the bill. I'll pay the cost. Does that make sense? So we have got to nail, and when he said that to his disciples, there is something that happens when you are willing to attach yourself, to nail yourself to the words that you speak to God. When you are committed to what you're saying to God, there's something that happens. And if you'll watch this with me for just a moment, and then we, we may have a little fun tonight. I don't, I don't know. We, we're, we're sure gonna have a, a good time in the presence of the Lord. But watch this. He says, uh, he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. And, and then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest and he sent them away to pray, amen? If you would take your Bible, turn to the very next chapter. Verse one. Now Matthew didn't put chapters and verses in the book. It was placed there for our convenience to locate particular areas of the Scripture. So in reality, if you were to read it, Mark 9 would continue into chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them, everybody say them, who those that he sent away to attach themselves to their words in prayer, amen, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. So those that he sent away to nail themselves to their prayer when they, when they saw the harvest, nailed themselves, committed themselves to the words that they spoke. When he gathered them back to himself and they were nailed to their words, they received power, hallelujah. How many of you want power like that? You want to be able to lay hands on somebody and then receive their sight. You want to walk into the hospital room and see the dead raised. You want to see those things happen at, at the ministry that God could give to you. Well, let me encourage you tonight. God will attach yourself to your prayer. Make a commitment to the words that you speak to God. As a child, I used to pray, God, use me, whatever it takes. Use me, abuse me, God, just use me amen. And I was attached to that. I'm still attached to that. Amen. Now you're looking at a fella that, that probably has no business teaching Bible studies. And in in the video, if you were here on Sunday morning, you saw that, that, uh, I've been blessed to, to be in, in our uh, State Capitol building and pray every win- first Wednesday of the month with our Lieutenant Governor. I prayed at the Governor's ball. Make the, the hey, that was a blast. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars a plate. I didn't have to pay a penny. Praise God. That was awesome. And my wife, she looked so gorgeous. And but I had no. Now she has all the business in the world being there. But I had no business being. There, and I have no business sitting with senators and congressmen and and people like that you 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 really don't understand totally where I come from. you you know, I, I talked about me being a hillbilly and I, I really am a hillbilly, and I, I I shared that with you, but it's much deeper than that. You see, I didn't learn to read till I was sixteen years old. I have severe dyslexia. I did not learn to write. In fact, I wrote my very first letter. I wrote my very first letter about five months ago. Is that right, babe? Something like that. I have never written. Took me over three weeks, almost four weeks to write the letter. Had no business being in the Middle East and 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 being in upper parliament, my wife and I, I had no business God putting me with people like that. So when I say anybody can teach a Bible study, I'm telling you anybody can teach a Bible study. And I want to motivate you tonight. I really want to motivate you tonight because, I, I mean, I, it's, it's still very real to me. I learned to read upside down. And when I'm tired, I still flip my Bible upside down. If you hand me a songbook in church and try to get me to put words with a beat, I flip my songbook upside down and still can't keep up with it. <laughs> it's just, it, it's crazy. But, but this is the thing. This is the thing, when I, I actually drove myself to the teacher who taught me to read. You have to understand, I, I, they put me, Brother Kylie, in a mental hospital to find out, only to find out that I couldn't read. I wasn't a natural baseball player. I played baseball, and I worked hard to play baseball, so I would be accepted. It didn't come natural to me. I hit 38 home runs in two seasons. I played on a traveling team and, a, and the, and the uh, Babe Ruth League. I hit 38 home runs on a high school baseball field. Never played high school. I mean, never went to high school. Studied history, business, theology, and broadcasting and never got a high school degree. I didn't have any business doing all that stuff. I want to remove our excuses. I really do. I want to remove. They put me in a mental hospital to find out that I couldn't read. The doctors came to my parents and said the only thing wrong with this boy, I was in there for three weeks, totally separated from the rest of the world. The only thing wrong with this boy is he he can't read. No, excuse me, is he knows what he wants to do but he doesn't know how he's going to be able to accomplish it. What what does he want to do? He wants to be a preacher. Well, why can't he accomplish it? He can't read. That's, That's me. That's the real Jonathan Sanders. I heard one time that an excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. It's like sausage. Amen, and so um, me teaching 500 Bible studies in one Starbucks, if you you just had heard that, you'd never dream that I had dyslexia. You'd never dream that five months ago I wrote my very first letter. You'd never dream that in third grade I was humiliated. It's still an emotional thing to me. I'll just be honest with you. I still, I, I I still deal with it. I still get frustrated. I still uh, thank God for a great wife. <laughs> when we were in school, she took all my notes. Hallelujah! She'd write on hers, write on mine, write on hers, write on mine. Amen. And uh, you know, she'd tell me, "Go, would you help me clean the kitchen?" I said, "Sure, babe. I go walk in there, and I, what do I do? And I just almost panic because I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. But she can tell me, go, if you would do this, and then I'll finish that job. And then would you do this? Then I'll finish that job. And I don't know if anyone's here. You don't have to raise your hand because I know sometimes it's a challenge and it is a bit embarrassing at times. But if, if, if you've been there, let me, let me encourage you. It, it's not the end of the street. It's not the end of the road. It's not a dead-end road. God's got great things in store for you. Amen. God will use you and is going to use you. Nail yourself to your prayer. I desperately wanted God to use me, but I thought there was no way he could read uh, use a boy that could not read. No way he could use. It. I mean, I walk into a preacher's office and they got their notes boom, 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 boom. from 1964 to. Ni- I mean, you just see every note, every service is probably Brother Kylie. I'm talking. I mean, I'm... and you walk into my office and there's a there's a note paper that's got a chicken scratch and a check mark and a star and a this and and you come into my look in my Bible and you'll see that just. It's this and that and this and that. And you say, so people come into my office and they're going to clean up my office when I had an office. I don't have one right now. They're going to clean up an office and, and they're gonna just throwing those things away.
3: I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: That's my notes. That's notes. That's what I preach from. Whoa, 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 whoa. So what I had somebody do is they start scanning them in and put them on a the computer. Hey, Amen, just a little note. Maybe on it it's a note makes sense to me amen and so I just wanted you to understand where I'm coming from when I talk to you about this tonight. the first Bible study a young man by the name of David walked in I'm reading my Bible opening my Bible everybody needs to carry a Bible we're sitting in starbucks and 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 David walks in, he orders his coffee and he's waiting for his coffee and he steps over by me. He looks down at my Bible and he says, what are you reading? I looked up at him and I smiled. I said, my Bible. He said, you know, I never understood that. My first Bible study in Starbucks on the island. From then on, it just started growing. It started growing. I'd go to Starbucks and and um, I'd open my Bible. It developed to a place where I, it, and I can't say I developed it because then I'd get credit for it because I'm not smart enough to come up with this kind of stuff, <laughs> but uh, it, it kind of developed into this. I would go to Starbucks, I'd find the most comfortable chair in Starbucks, and if If, if, uh, someone was sitting there, I'd go sit and I'd keep my eye there, man. I'm as soon as they're gone, I'm sitting, man, they'd stand up. I'm like, (laughs) and they'd sit back down, man, but I find the most comfortable chair. And it's the, it's a chair where I could see absolutely every person who walked in Starbucks. And as they would walk in, I would begin to pray for them. And I would pray for their about their shoes, and I would describe their shoes to God. I would talk about their clothes. I'd talk about their face to God. I'm just telling God what He already knows. Now, when you pray in Starbucks, you don't have to. Ah, God! You know, you, you're, 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 you get the picture. Don't do that. Not a good idea. Oh God! Touch ah, him. Ah, 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 You don't have to do that. When you pray, you can just simply whisper to God. And so I'm describing to God their shoes, their clothes, their face. They look so weathered, God. And then I just let my imagination, remember where does faith operate in your imagination? And so I let my imagination go. God, they look so weary. They look so, God, they're grieving. Boom! And when I hit whatever page life is on with them, whatever they're at, if it's grief, if it's, if, 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 uh, if they've lost a loved one, whatever it is, when I hit that, it is as if something happens on the inside of me. The only thing I can associate it is when Jesus was moved with compassion. I have to do something. Our biggest challenge is the intimidation, right? It's the intimidation. What do I say? Breathe. (laughs) Got a brown paper bag. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, all of us go through that. And you may look at me and think there's no way That that guy who's standing up in front of all these people is goes through that. I'm telling you, every time I am going to go talk to somebody about Jesus, I have the exact same wrestling match that you have. They're going to think I'm dumb. I have nothing to say. They're going to and and then uh, I'm just going to ruin my reputation. I I, I mean, the whole fight that you go through, I go through. And I know people think that I don't, but I'm telling you I do. But I'm also giving you a way in which will remove all of the intimidation, all of the barriers that you deal with. And that is when you are moved with compassion, when you are moved in the life giving from a life giving source that is within you out of your belly shall flow rivers of what? Everybody say living water. And it is not for us, to, if it was flowing out, then it was. it is to give, amen? If it was flowing in, it's for us. If it's flowing out, it's for somebody else. When you are moved in the life-giving organs, where out of your belly something is flowing to give life to something that is dead. And so when you're moved like that, something has to, I know at this point, that I have to minister to them. It doesn't matter. Now, I do face the same fights you do. I'll give you an example. I'm standing in a secondhand store. (laughs) Behind me are two guys with their head wrap. They're Afghanis. And I'm like, okay, what do I say? I don't even know their language. I don't even know what language they speak. I don't, okay, they're gonna think I'm nuts, but I really wanna teach them a Bible study. God, I really gotta to talk to them about you, but I don't know what to do. Okay, and they're standing right behind me. And so I just, I developed this incredible technique. Are you ready for this? It's called reverse. And back right into them, accidentally on purpose. Oops. And then you got to say something. And the first thing out of your mouth is usually, excuse me. uh, uh," and Boom, whatever comes out. You probably can't mess up so bad God can't fix it. And so I ended up going to their house. They they took a hairbrush and swept the floor. I sat on the floor and ate dinner, lunch. I don't even know what it was. And taught them a Bible study. Just because I couldn't think anything to say, so uh, reverse. Oh, excuse me. We were sitting in what is it, spaghetti factory, and we're sitting with a pastor and and the family and 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 you know, I'm I'm, I'm probably a little bit rude sometimes. I, if I if I get to talk to people about Jesus, I forget that we we're with company. You know. <laughs> And so I, I, I'm watching this family and I'm sitting with this pastor and my family and his wife and his family and, and I'm ready to, I'm like, I gotta talk to them in my head. I gotta talk to them. I gotta talk to them. I gotta talk to that family. And they were sitting just kind of right beside us. And so I got up and went to the bathroom. I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I had to talk to them. So I come back, I can't think of anything to say. I don't know what to do. So I'm standing at the table, talking to them. Their table's right there. And so I can't think of anything to say. I can't think. So reverse. Boom, and I backed right into their table. Oh, excuse me. My, you have a beautiful family. Taught them a Bible study, baptized them in Jesus' name. They received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You see, I fight the same battle you do. I fight the exact same battle you do. I I, 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 I do. But sometimes it's instead of going like this at the, the pool, oh, it's cold. You just got to go. I know it's cold. I know it's cold. I know it's cold. <laughs> Right? And that's just sometimes what you got to do when it comes to talking to people about Jesus. I know I may look dumb. I know I may look foolish. I know I don't have all the words to say and I can't put, and I'm not smart enough. I know I can't read. What if they ask me? What if they? I deal with those same battles that you deal with. And so, there's there's some techniques. Number one is reverse. Number two, brother Kylie loves loves baseball, loves football, loves basketball. I do too. Everybody in you, you know everybody in Wisconsin loves football. I mean, you eat it, you sleep it, you drink it. I don't even. I don't. I think if you cut you, you'd bleed green and yellow. Is it green and yellow? Oh, I'm colorblind too. <laughs> Amen. And so people come in and, and and into Starbucks or wherever I'm at, and I, I will have a conversation about sports and I won't even talk about Jesus. I'm just talking about sports and I'm enjoying talking about sports. And, 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 some event that'll take place and I'll talk to them about me coaching the Jordanian national baseball team for two years. Oh, really? How'd you end up doing that? Hmm. Well, I was there actually. I was there as a missionary. Really? Well, first thing they say, they usually say military. (laughs) No, missionary. (laughs) Amen. And then it's just a step right into I moved here from Hong Kong. Where are you from? Oh, Hong Kong. I moved here from Hong Kong. Really? Really? You military? No, no. Better been married 28 years. <laughs> War zone. <laughs> I am definitely a wounded veteran. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, um But, you know, and those conversations, how'd you end up in Hawaii? Well, I'm a pastor. Sometimes I don't even tell them. One guy came to me and said, hey, uh, I see you in here teaching Bible studies. Are you a pastor? I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I come to your church? No. (laughs) No. Yeah, but you don't understand my church. I said, you know what? You need to honor your pastor. But you don't know... You, you don't understand the problem. I'm, honor your pastor. I wouldn't let him come to my church for a long time. Finally, we baptized. We got the Holy Ghost, and I found out why I didn't want him to come to my church.
3: <laughs> Not really.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm sitting in Starbucks and I'm praying, and, and a lady walks in, and and she's standing in line to order and she looks over and sees me and you'll see I always look that direction because I always set that direction and she looks over and she sees me and she starts crying and I'm praying for her and I'd never seen her before and she's trying to get ready to order and finally she gets up and she orders and she's crying and She goes over, she gets her coffee and she gets over to the condiment bar and she's trying to put cream and sugar and she's spilling. And finally, she just leaves her coffee on on the bar there and she just comes over to me and she's crying and she
3: says, you're a waterfall. You're a waterfall. There's such peace coming off of you. I want what you have.
1: Lindsay was her name. Amen. You see, Over 80% of the Bible studies, when I am sitting there praying for them, approached me. Because when you are moved with compassion, there is something that is happening to the individual that you are praying for. And you attach yourself to your prayer saying, God, whatever it takes, I am going to fulfill the mission that you have sent me to fulfill on this or in this person's life. I am going to see to it that it happens. I remember I was moved with compassion to pray for a couple and I was praying for this couple and I knew I had to talk to them. I knew I had to talk to them. They walked out and they left and I didn't get to talk to them. And I thought, oh God, I messed up. I blew it, I blew it, I blew it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm I'm wrestling with this. And I said, God, if you just give me another chance, if you just give me another chance. And I walked out of Starbucks and here they come walking right out of Ross right there. And I thought, yes, I had that opportunity. And I was able to minister to them and we taught them Bible studies. Amen. This is the thing. We gotta be willing to go the extra mile. A lady, I'm sorry, a man walked into Starbucks. Now, it doesn't always end happy. I'm going to tell you one that is a challenge. His name was Dennis Alexius. Anybody heard of Dennis Alexius? Well, you may have heard of him and didn't realize you heard about him. He's the 12-time world champion kickboxer. He's a very big guy. He's a solid muscle. Now, I'm a new preacher in town, and nobody really knows who I am, but in Hawaii, Dennis Alexius is an icon. And he he co-starred and trained Claude Van Damme with those movies he did oh you know him okay (laughs) and so I'm in I'm in I'm in Starbucks teaching a bible study and this guy says hey I want you to meet a friend of mine so I said okay so I stepped over to the guy he says, Dennis, this is Pastor Jonathan Sanders. And Brother Kylie, the dude just started screaming at me. Are you a people or a person? And he spits in my face. Just, I said, well, I'm a person. And he says, The Bible says have no respect to persons. I think that's a little out of context. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, my heart's going like this. <laughs> You ever almost have a wreck in your body's going like this, you know? Next time he sees me, I'm teaching a Bible study. He comes in Starbucks, he comes over, he throws a chair under his hind end, he sits down, puts his shoulders on here like this, and to the entire Bible study, he just degrades me and humiliates me, and he's screaming. And five times he did that. And everybody in Starbucks knows him, and nobody at that time knew me. You're talking about an embarrassing, humiliating situation. Finally, on the fifth time, (laughs) I'd had enough. And I screamed back. I mean, he's just going off. (laughs) I said, Dennis! Man, everybody got quiet. But Dennis and Dennis just keeps yelling. He keeps yelling. Dennis! I yell again fifth time, I screamed with everything inside of me. Dennis, by this time, everybody was in the corner that I was sitting in. The entire restaurant was getting ready to see the preacher get his head popped off. Something whispered in my head. I think it was God, don't embarrass him. Now, when I screamed Dennis, he's yelling. And when I screamed that last time, he goes, I mean, his eyes could have burned a hole right through my head. Oh, and I'm going like this. Don't embarrass him. I said, Dennis, whispered it. When are you going to let me talk to you about God? And this is what happened. <gasps> yeah, 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 I'd like that. From then on, every time Dennis would see me, he put his arm around me. He'd say, righteous man. He's a righteous man. I'd teach him Bible studies. He's a righteous man. He, and people come up to me and say, hey, does he go to your church? I said, not yet, but, but he will be. He will be. He, he doesn't go to my church, but he's great advertisements. <laughs> really? I'm telling you, I, I about, had, yeah, about had a heart attack right there. So another time, I'm sitting in Starbucks and and the guy walks in and he steps right in line. I'd never seen this guy before. And I start praying for him. And I remember I was praying about him being lost. God is searching for truth. And when I said that, boom, something happened to me. And so he, he's looking straight at, like he's going to order a couple people in front of him. He looks over at me. And he steps out of line and comes straight to me. I'm sorry to use you, but you're sitting close. So. <laughs> he sticks his finger right in my face. He said, preacher, God told me you have a word for me. What's the word, preacher? Word. I mean, what do you do? I said, well, have a seat. I, I introduce myself. I said, I have seven scriptures that will change your life. Would you read them? He said, sure. His name was David. We turn to the first scripture, all of sin that come short of the glory of God. Or, I'm just gonna give you a few of the scriptures. These scriptures will be available through your pastor. I won't give them all because I, sometimes I just think it's best to go through a pastor. So we'll make sure your pastor gets them and he can have someone disperse them if he wants to. So all of sin that come short of the glory of God. Everybody say Bible. You know, there's a benefit to having dyslexia. I learned to read upside down. So if we have one Bible, he can read it right side up and I can read it right upside down. That's pretty cool. You know, the first article I ever learned to read, would you like to know what it was? The teacher asked me to, she, she handed me a Wall Street Journal. Now, I. That's the first thing I ever read was the Wall Street Journal. And she gave me choice. She told me all the articles that were in it and she said, now you choose one. And I said, okay, I want the one about women's nylons (laughs) and how they were used during the war for parachutes. And that was the first article I ever read. Upside down. So I I turned to to the scripture, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. David reads it. Where is the word of faith nigh thee? The Bible says the word of faith is nigh thee in thy mouth. So when he read it, the word of faith was in his mouth. He reads it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I have these deep commentary. Are you ready for this? What does that say to you? He looks at me and he says, everybody's a sinner. I said, yeah, that's right. And I was quiet. That's one of our biggest challenges is to be quiet. Did you know the Bible teaches us to study, to zip the lip, to be quiet? (laughs) Well, I'm apostolic. I gotta tell somebody. I understand that. But be quick to hear. Slow to speak. And so I was just quiet. And he says, he points his finger right at me. And he says, you're a sinner. I said, you're right. And I'm quiet again. He, David drops his eyes and he says, I'm a sinner. And when David dropped his eyes, you could just feel the presence of God sweep into that place and conviction. The next scripture, turn to it. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. David, would you read that? He read that out loud. I said, David, what does that say to you? He said that if I sin, I will die, but God wants to give me eternal life. Next scripture, God's not willing that any perish all come to repentance. What's that say to you? God doesn't want me to perish. He wants me to repent. After seven scriptures, David drops off of his chair onto all four hands and and knees and tears are dropping onto the carpet and David is repenting out loud. And I'm like, shh, come on, man. We're in a public place, dude. You know, I mean, he's doing what we, what's wrong with us? He's doing what we want him to do. And here we are. Come on, man. Please hurry up. Get it over with quick, quick, quick. It seemed like it was five 10 minutes, but I don't know how long, it seemed like five hours. I'm like, please, man, I got a reputation I'm trying to establish around here. He throws his hands up in the air and he begins to speak in other tongues in Starbucks. Hallelujah. We took David and baptized David in the, in Jesus' name. David was gone for several months. He was, a, he was a, a cook on a ship. He was gone for several months and I didn't see him and I took two preachers into Starbucks you know, they just kind of wanted to see Bible studies happen. And we we're talking about that. And we were arguing about who was going to pay for the coffee. And I I said, you're in my house now. I mean, Starbucks, my place. I said, so I'm paying for the coffee. No, 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 no. We got this. I said, no, I got it. I got it. So they ordered, I convinced them. They ordered, I ordered, they're talking, just chattering away. And I reached back to pay for the coffee. I don't I won the argument. I'm, I, I was, I, and now I'm embarrassed. The lady turns to make the coffee and, 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 and I'm getting ready to just, oh, I don't want to have to tell them I don't have my money. I'm so embarrassed. And I turn to tell them and I hear, Pastor Starbucks, man. And he bumping through everybody to get to me. And he says, I hadn't, and whispered in my ear, gave me a hug, shook my hand, gave me a hug, said I hadn't had a chance to pay my tithes and he puts cash in my hand just in time for me to turn around and pay for that coffee. (laughs) That's awesome, I'm telling you. Amen. You see, you can do this anywhere you are. The key to me is prayer because I cannot push through the intimidation myself. The intimidation's bigger than me. I, I know humiliation. I experienced standing at a chalkboard in front of a third grade, fourth grade class when I knew the answer to the math problem, but I didn't know how to show that I attained the answer. How to get the answer. And Humiliated. So humiliation is something I don't ever want to experience again. So in order for me to push past that, I got to have God. And I've got to be moved with the same thing that allowed him to push past the humiliation. You understand what I'm saying? I believe you can teach a Bible study on a bus you can teach a Bible study in school. I've taught Bible studies in, in McDonald's. I taught a Bible study to the vice president of Omaha Public Power Department. Amen. They came to church. We baptized them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I taught, it. I taught that Bible study the first time in a mall. That's a great place for men to teach Bible studies when you're waiting on your wives. Amen. He was a Catholic boy and he, he, man, he had a family of teenagers and he, his wife came to me the night, the first night we were standing in the mall, leaving the mall. The first night I met him, she said, he will never come to your church because I've tried to get him to visit other churches and he has never visited ever one other church. He will never come to your church. Guess what? He did. And he got baptized. And she got baptized, amen. Everybody can teach a Bible study. Everybody can teach a Bible study. Sometimes we're afraid to talk about Jesus because we're afraid that he won't show up. And I'm gonna close. We're afraid he won't show up. What do you mean? Well, we're afraid to tell somebody that that they can receive the Holy Ghost because we're afraid that he won't give him the Holy Ghost. It goes back to that faith I talked about on Sunday when we feel like our faith isn't good enough. But now that we've accomplished the fact on Sunday morning that our faith is good enough because it's God-given faith, same faith that Jesus had, amen? It's It's the same measure of faith that all the great evangelists have. You've got the same measure of faith I do. So what I'm doing, you can do, if it comes boils down to faith. You've got the faith that, that pleases God. He said, "In order to please Him, you got to have faith. So now you know you're pleasing to Him. Amen. So you've you, you really got the deck stacked on your side. you really do especially when God wants them to be saved more than they want to be saved I mean God was attached to this thing called saving the lost so what can I do taught Bible studies in Arabic to Adel, I think I mentioned that on Sunday we've sent f- 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 over 45 Japanese to Japan filled with the Holy Ghost and I don't speak Japanese we've baptized Spanish people in Jesus name and I speak very little Spanish English Bible and the Spanish Bible There is no cultural barrier and there is no language barrier when it comes to the Word of God. His Word will accomplish His pleasure. It's not what I do that wins them. It's what He does through us that wins them. How can they hear without a preacher? Saul before he became Paul had an unbelievable experience when the light shined bright and knocked him to the ground. And he cries out, Who art thou, God? And God reveals himself as Jesus who he was persecuting. But even though God was talking to him, God spoke. Ananias said Ananias you need to go down there on the road where Saul is and you need to preach the word to him you need to give him the word you see God chose to use you and me though he's dealing with them drawing them he has to because it's his word he has to use us as mouthpieces to reach them let's stand there was a young man by the name of Lou when I met Lou he was banging his head into the dashboard of a car his mind blown on drugs just and he's screaming just like this I mean hard hitting his head into the dashboard of a car and he's screaming I need
3: help I need help.
1: I stepped to the front fender of his car and I said I think I can help you with that. He said what? I said I think I can help you with that. (laughs) What are you? And he said all kind of words a preacher and I said yeah and I think I can help you with hope taught Lou Bible studies we baptized Lou Lou received the Holy Ghost we can help them with hope I said we can help them with hope We can help a Lindsay who's grieving over the loss of a loved one with hope. We can help a David who's searching for salvation with hope. We we have what it takes. We have it. And if I can do it, if I can, I know you can. Right where you're standing, would you ask God to help you to know how to attach yourself to your prayer about the lost. God, give me the hammer. Give me the nail. Whatever I need to be able to nail myself to the words of my prayer when I pray for my neighbor, when I pray for my family. Would you help me tonight, Lord? Right now, I'm going to ask you if you would join me in this altar area and let's come for just a few minutes and let's make a commitment to God. Would you come? Just find a place to pray.
0: Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 965 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.